I think everyone needs a coach. I mean, mentorship and guidance have been incredibly crucial in our development as a company. So I thought I'd introduce you to some amazing coaches as part of this special series of Meet My Business. On today's episode of Meet My Business, the special coaching edition, I have the great privilege to introduce you to Marlena Nunes. She's a master coach at South and More. Marlena, thank you so much for taking the time to, to chat today. Hi, Ethan. Thank you very much for inviting me. Awesome. So in today's episode, we're going to be chatting all about Malena's specific um, style of coaching, the methodologies that she's been using, and, and ultimately going to get into a pretty serious topic around what it means to be safe and why safety can really become a, a sticking point in some relationships. Uh, but before we get into that, I'd love to find out a little bit more about your background. How did you get into coaching initially? That's actually a good question. I think we all start off uh, because of our own needs, and it was my own need. I had worked in, in corporate employment for most of my life and I was retrenched with 11, 12 years ago. And I was in a situation where my husband and I had both unfortunately hit a space where we were both now self-employed and I needed help. And I'd gone through some trauma in my childhood that reoccurred at that moment because it was something that was familiar for me, to me. And I went along and I wanted to visit a coach and, and get some help. And then they suggested that perhaps I do the course instead because of the, the juncture I was in my life and for the cost I was going to pay for coaching, I might as well do the course, which I did. And I think it was into the third day. Um, I realized that this is not only about me. This is, this has got more to do with me learning to help myself, to help others. And I've never looked back. I've just continued to learn more about myself and therefore enable others. So. I think that ties then into, I don't know what the right term for this, the style of coach, the type of coach. I feel like there has to be a better phrase, a way to phrase this, but the kind of coaching that you do is specifically, uh, you've described yourself as a trauma-sensitive coach. Can you elaborate more on what that means? It's about understanding that, for me it was, about understanding what it is that I needed specifically. Because for me, uh, the various um, methodologies that we use in, in coaching is it's unique. We, we we bring a uniqueness to it with ourselves, with our own personalities. And for me, learning to understand that I was not my trauma, I was something else. I then realized that clients were coming to me and there was, we could deal with emotion and we could deal with the mental stuff, but there was a little bit more to it. There was something else happening. And that's where the trauma sensitiveness came in because I actually learned then that I need to do something else to add to this. Because people were able to move through things, but still coming back. So getting stuck in that recurring pattern all the time. And that's where I brought in trauma release exercise, TRE. I'm an advanced TRE provider. And so that's just, in a nutshell, combining a physical movement, which I, I teach clients how to do it for themselves so that they can power themselves, literally, when they're feeling tense or stressed or angry or instead of letting that erupt into a relationship. And then from there, we could work through the coaching way of getting them to realize their goals or at least find their purpose. Let's take a little deeper into the trauma release exercise and perhaps some of the other modalities that you employ. So exactly how does the trauma release exercise work? Well, basically it's an actual neurogenic tremor, which we all know how to do. So maybe I should ask you a question. 
Have you ever had a car accident or a near near car accident or an accident of some kind where you felt your body shaking involuntarily? Yes. Okay. So, all right. That's that's exactly what it is. It, it's letting go of what the body's holding on to neurogenically. So we don't actually understand what we're letting go, except it's in that moment. But what happens to us is, as humanity, we get taught. You know, little child falls off a uh, a swing, a well-meaning mother or parent or caregiver picks the child up and, oh, please, you know, and rocks it so that it doesn't shake and all that kind, kind of stuff we get in my days. It was sugar water or something to calm you down, which actually is not the body's natural way. The natural way is to release. We can see it with animals where if an animal is in a, in a situation where it's fearful in some way, dogs often with terriers when, when there's thunderstorms and that, they start shaking. It's away we release so that sounds like i uh, induce some kind of shock which i don't when i work with clients it's a series of exercises that literally just fatigues the bigger muscles in the body the ones that get fatigued by running or doing planks in the gym or wall sits so we, we have a series of simple exercises that can be adapted to any body frame or any body fitness level or um, situation and our bodies then start gently releasing a subtle gentle tremor for some and in that way we manage to allow our nervous system because that's all done unconsciously our nervous system autonomically should i say our nervous system finds a state of homeostasis instead of at being in a fight and flight all the time so a lot of us live in stressful environments right so stress is, is good but sustained stress is what I'm talking about. That's when it becomes a little bit traumatic for the body because eventually at some point a lid pops open and we, I don't know, let go and scream and shout and get stuck into addictions because we can't cope with what's going on inside. So TRE is like a, is a titration tool. It's like a tap that you open gently, just let out which is what needs to be let out today. And you are in charge of the tap, not someone else, not circumstance. And the benefit of that for myself, I've, I've been doing it since 2014. For myself, 2015 with clients. Since then, it, it gives you that op- opportunity to learn how to respond to your world rather than react in it, which is a very powerful tool to have. So something I'm always fascinated by when I speak to coaches, um, specifically when I talk about the modalities that they use is how they actually encountered them in the first place. I mean, usually it's, you know, perhaps through a certain coach or a certain program, but it's always interesting to see not just the modalities that the coaches use, but also how it kind of connects in with their own selves. There's usually some kind of link between those two. How did you discover these modalities that, that you've been employing with your clients? Look, the physical side is natural for me because since my twenties, I was involved in the gym world and Pilates and things like that. So I understood the, the value of, of movement. So I think TRE just came at it as a natural little pocket for me. And then I realized there was something else for it, it uh, attached to it, you know, that there was a, an emotional side to it as it all a therapeutic side. But for me, the coaching happened at the time, as I explained earlier on, when I was to change, then a, a friend of mine was doing a, a TRE course and I became a case study. But even in that, something happened and I was overwhelmed and I wasn't coping. And then I understood that I needed to understand a little bit more about the modality for myself. And that's when I did the training. And then from there, I understood that there's more to the coaching side of stuff. So we did, I did quantum energy coaching 
which is also a trauma release based modality. So that we become more than our trauma. We learn to forgive ourselves and others. It, it's once you open up your eyes, you start seeing. So, so if you walk around with blinkers, you've got this, this, this way of looking, this focused way of looking. But when you start opening up, then all these other things come. And that, that's basically how I've lived my life. That when a modality has sunk in for me on a deep level, another one will come. So that may sound like I'm a bit of a course junkie and maybe I am, but it, but it is about understanding more and more about how the elements of the mental, the physical, the emotional and us, I'm going to use the word spiritual, which is our connection to ourselves, our inners, our soul, how that all supports us in our lives. And for me, the next step is always, how can I put it together? So it's like baking a cake, I guess, not that I'm a baker. But it's like, say, baking a cake, we put all the ingredients in and you get something that you really feel like you could share with the world. And that's how I look at the modalities that are under my wing. And there's been many that I haven't mentioned, but they've all come into it. Even color can can be part of it. You know, the way we associate colors in our lives. These things just pop up in my life and there's no such thing as coincidence or yeah. synchronous. And I guess when you have space in your life, like you kind of see them in the distance sometimes, but... When there's space in your life or when you've finished internalizing one, yeah. then it's time to start exploring the others. But yeah, it's, I can imagine it's quite a journey to discovering and employing all of these modalities. So now we understand um, a lot more about Malena, how she became a coach, the modalities that she's been using. So when Malena and I spoke in our pre-chat, um, we were having a discussion around what is a topic that Malena is specifically interested in or a kind of recurrent issue that perhaps comes up with her clients and the topic of safety came up and what it actually means to be safe in the first place because victims don't typically feel safe and people in that situation tend to have a lot of issues in their relationships well, firstly what does it actually mean to feel safe well that's a very subjective answer i'm going to give you because for me what makes me feel safe is that i'm in control for different people it, it represents differently because it depends on our experience. The thing is with, with all the modalities that I work with, and most coaches actually, because the basis of our work with our clients is to build rapport. And you can't build rapport with someone if they don't feel safe. So another word I'm going to use, which they, they build on one another, is trust. Because the trust factor comes into safety very much. So if you can imagine living in a world where you are petrified of everyone else around you because your life and your world feels unsafe. And when you go home at night, you close your door and actually your life is actually more unsafe than safe. It might be easier for you to be outside than inside. So some of us live in those realities. We're going home is not actually our safe place. So I could say to you that being safe feels like, feel like, it feels like going home, but it might not because that, that, that's what I'm saying. It's a very subjective thing. It's what it feels like for you to be at home in your own body, to become completely comfortable, but not to be hiding away and cowering in the corner, to be able to connect with yourself without feeling fear of everyone or your environment around you. And there's ways to create that, really simple ways, irrespective of where you are. And we can test it if you like. If you want to just put your feet flat on the ground, and let's assume that it's your right-handed, left-handed, doesn't matter. Take the hand that feels right, comfortable for you, put it on your heart. 
And we're just going to breathe in and out. This is not a breathwork session. Just allow yourself to breathe in and out. Actually feel your chest opening and closing. So if this was a session, if, if we were working together, I'd ask you to close your eyes and perhaps just imagine or, or feel the back of your chair, having your back behind you, feel your feet on the ground, what your body actually feels like to be supported in that chair. And then allowing yourself to disconnect from me, connect, either look down or close your eyes and just feel what it feels like. The weight of your hand on your chest as you breathe in and breathe out. And then maybe to answer your own question, what is the difference between before you put your hand on your chest and now? For you, does it feel any different? It does feel warm, secure in some way. It feels centered, somewhat in touch with myself more, like literally and figuratively. And that is creating safety. Caveat for the detour is when someone doesn't trust themselves either. So that can be a skin place. And and that is where a process like TRE really helps because it's, you are in control of your own body. You are working with your own body. I'm not doing anything to you. I'm just creating a safe space. And that's one of the things I do for it. doesn't matter what modality I work with. It's connecting with the client where they are at. And giving them what they need. So even if that takes one or two or three sessions, just to work out what it is that develops the safety in them. What do we need to sweep out of the room for them to feel safe? Victims don't typically feel safe. People with a huge amount of trauma don't typically feel safe. So my, I guess my question is, how do you then help them feel safe? I know you had this exercise, you said you worked in the sessions, but it's... How does that actually show up for someone who's had been a victim and has a huge amount of trauma? So it would be literally asking them, what is it that, that you need to feel safe right now in this room? What can you do? And, and they'll tell you, I'm not comfortable here. I don't like the chair. I don't feel safe here with you in the room. And it could be walking outside. It could just be they want to be outside. It could be they're not comfortable in the house that they're working in. So often when I work online, that's something I'm really, really aware of, is I will have a pre-session with the client to make sure that when we do work, that the environment that they, that they feel safe. Because going back to the word victim, and, and, and although I'm not fond of using it, it, it is something that people associate with. A victim is normally some, a, somebody that's been suppressed, I guess, in, in, in one way or the other by someone else, by the, the bully or the perpetrator. So if you are in that victim space and not able to empower yourself, you might not even know what safety means to you. So it's building. It's literally building blocks. And by that's by breaking down the physical barriers so that the person can learn how to communicate. So in a case like that, where someone is a real element or sitting in a real victim space and they, they, they literally are living in a life that they're being traumatized still and it's ongoing the one thing that i would make sure of is that they have also somewhere else to go because if if we work through the safety and and you might be sending them back into a space 
where they're not going to have that heightened awareness of when things are not safe for them. Because the only reason we become victims is because someone has created that that unsafety, I suppose one could call it, that space of fear. So we live in fear, in the fight and flight all the time. What happens is for with someone that's gone into that victim space every day of their lives and lives and compounds, becomes like a frozen robot, so to speak. Like someone that, that, that literally just goes through the motions. So a person at that stage would obviously, generally they have gone to some other kind of therapist in mainstream as well. And in, in situations like that, I would focus on the physical so that the, the body can learn to release so that they can find the, the safety for themselves, which may not be apparent in their home or in their relationship or in their workspace. So there's some kind of change that has to happen, but it's not like, okay, we're just going to cut the cord here and move across there because they're going to take that exact same psyche with them somewhere else. Because our nervous systems are geared to protect us. You know, that way we, we like an animal. The only difference is we keep on looking for it. We keep on like, oh, it looks like, smells like, sounds like something that's happened before, where an animal can shake it off and move on. And that's the, the space I try and work in mostly with clients is to what is what else do you need to be able to move on from here and that doesn't mean leave the relationship or leave the job it's what does that person require responding to the environment it's also a mentality that develops over time as well the the victim mentality you've now defined yourself by your trauma or by your experiences by being the victim and then perhaps you even move into a completely different life stage and might be completely out of the situation that was victimizing you, but you still keep that identity with yeah. you. And I guess it's also about unpacking and trying to release that identity, change that. Exactly. And, but all of that starts with, I want to release this. And, and, and the general thing is, I don't want to look like this anymore. So can you help me? I don't want to look like this anymore. Well, I can only help you if you want to help yourself. Because I'm, I, I don't do anything for the clients. I just create that space for them. But the thing is, I mean, you'll hear of, of people going through relationships where they've been abused and it goes from one relationship to the next, to the next. And you're like, what on earth is going on with this person? The thing is, when, when we get caught up in a world like that, the, the majority of people don't understand what's going on. And, and it's because we, we create that reality for ourselves. So the one thing about being a victim is, is if once we can flip that switch with time or instantly depends on the person. But when you're able to work through it and flip the switch into I'm a survivor, then I have a very different way of looking at life. Because when I'm a survivor, I can bring things in that feed my soul rather than the things that drain my soul and I become dependent on, on that. Often you'll find that also where we're a, and I, I don't like to, to be sexist in this, but, but because I'm a female, I'm going to come from a subjective perspective. But where I can remember women when I was growing up, where they never left home because that was what they were there to do. And, and that's okay. That was their, their choice. And the thing is, that's it. It's the choice that creates the differentiation from I'm a victim, why I actually chose to live like this. Because when we learn that we choose things in our lives, we make choices daily, we choose everything. The minute you make that dis distinction between I am a victim or I actually have a choice here. Only then can you change your life. And that goes for every single one of us. Because then you could, the next step is a choice and the next step and the next step. Everything is a choice.
I think also over time, this gets to the point where people start to understand moving from a place of reaction to response. This is what we discussed previously as well. Uh, I myself, after some severe traumas I had in the past for a long time, was just within myself, just constantly reacting to everything around me and never actually taking a step back and responding with my, what kind of feels like my true self, my true intent. How do you help people get to that point? It's about identifying what your true intent is, what your true purpose is in the beginning. So understanding, because a lot of us become, uh, we lose our identity, actually. Uh, in in uh, Let's use the, the word, trauma becomes a, a factor in our lives. We do lose our identity because you've given something of yourself over to someone else or something else. So it's reestablishing your identity. Who are you really? So who is Ethan? And, and asking, so what else is Ethan? And who else is Ethan? And to eventually, the identity starts to build. And then they, a client, you can see it. So that aha moment, actually, I am all of those things. It's like handing the banner over, you know, King Guy. This is who you are. You just weren't able to see that because the mirror that you were looking in was a little bit tainted because of your space. And you were past and that a lot of us do that, right? We bring the past into here and then go into the future instead of just understanding who you're right now in this very, very moment in this space. The other thing I'm, I'm, I'm possibly going to say is that I, the reason I understand this a little deeper on a, on a personal level is also because I've been in a space of feeding into every addiction that I could ever have had. And I got myself into trouble with alcohol. Because I didn't want to face who I am or who I could be because I was too afraid to be that. So that's the other thing. The one is where we, we allow ourselves to be small or victimized or react to the world because of what we've gone through. Or the other is I can see a much bigger picture, but I'm too scared of it because what happens if I stand in that? Who am I actually going to be? So the, the coaching that I work with is to work with both those dynamics and help the person through the emotional fear. And understanding where that could actually be a driver as opposed to something that halts you, that prevents you from moving forward. Amazing. You've genuinely shared some incredible, incredible uh, insights with us today, Malena, and legitimately touched on quite a few things from uh, my past that I feel like I need to start addressing in my own ways as well. So um, unpacking that trauma is, uh, is going to be incredibly important. Uh, but that being said, if somebody would like to get a hold of you or perhaps work with you, how do they do so? Yeah, so obviously the website, which is www.selfandmore.co.za. If you're on Instagram, it's under my name, except it doesn't have the accent. So it looks like Marlene Noon's coach. Perfect. And the links for everything will be in the description. If you've been thinking about starting a podcast, but don't really know where to start, go to our website, baird.media. That's B-A-I-R-D.media. You can find the book, Become a Podmaster, everything you need to know to master the art of podcasting. And you can also sign up to one of our mentorship programs where we help you figure out, develop and produce your show from start to finish.